Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. You can't get much for five bucks these days. Unless you go to Wendy's for a $5 biggie bag. Get your choice of double stack, junior bacon cheeseburger, or crispy chicken BLT. Plus four-piece nugs, fries, and a drink. All for just five bucks. That was smooth, wasn't it? That's how you're going to feel when you get that biggie bag at Wendy's. U.S. price and participation may vary. Includes four-piece nuggets, small soft drink, and small fry. Prices may be higher in Alaska and Hawaii. Everybody and welcome to another edition of Corner to Corner Wrestling Radio. We're live. It's Monday night, C2C. The triple threat is here. Rob Hefner joins us. Holy crap, it's Rob. Wow, Rob, thanks. Jeez. Thanks, buddy. Thanks. <laughs> Great buildup. Finally give him the intro. He's gone. Damn it. Well, hey, Brian, how's it going? <laughs> hey, I I like Monday nights for C two C. Did I did I mention that before? I like Monday nights for us. Indeed, indeed, we have uh, come to the conclusion as a team that uh, Monday nights are the nights for wrestling. Why not? Right. So it's Monday nights is the night for corner to corner, and, and I heard him. You said C two C, Rob. And you said, indeed, I heard you. We know you're out there. There he is. <laughs> Shenanigans is afoot. <laughs> and, uh, you know, well, if it's well in hand, it means it's being handled. Uh, see what I did there? Huh? 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 <laughs> yeah. Uh, gentlemen, we start the evening with, uh, you know, an unfortunate bit of news that we got this week um the passing of a true legend of hardcore wrestling uh, a legend of ecw and frankly just wrestling in general that i don't think anybody will ever really be able to replicate and that is the passing of 58 years old new jack man what a what a legacy that guy leaves behind Mm-hmm. 
Definitely was ahead of his time. No one will ever, ever forget the mass transit incident. No one will ever forget where he threw, literally threw, uh, one of his opponents off a scaffold, tasered him first, (laughs) and said, you're going, (laughs) whether you want to go or not, um, with uh, one of the oldest, most hardcore wrestlers as well, uh, went toe-to-toe with him, and some people controversially called it a stabbing, even though it was, unfortunately, all part of the deathmatch kind of vibe. One of those guys where if... Uh, I, I'm, I don't want to botch the guy's name, but I think it's Hardcore Joe or Homeless Joe. Or Do you remember? Is it, you know who I'm talking about? Yeah. <laughs> I mean Yeah, I mean when you, when you talk about all of the different things that he did, I mean the the dark side of the ring uh gives it the best tribute I think. Uh, Vic Grimes is the name of the wrestler that he tossed off the scaffold. Um you know, the the chair beating incident that he had with um, I'm just looking up all of the different names. I mean, the guy interacted with so many different people, and he was so well-known for if you truly pissed him off, that was a huge mistake in this business. It was huge um, because he didn't forget. He was one of those wrestlers that would find a way to get even. And and when I say that, I don't say it to, like, paint him in infamy. It's just It's just who he is or who he was. <laughs> mhm and it was uh, gypsy joe the 69 year old man who was called the tough as leather professional wrestler and one of the most hardcore old wrestlers that was a uh, build at that time 2003 was when that took place um but in true paul Heyman fashion Heyman steals the show steals the weekend with a great very heartfelt tribute um and eulogy i would suppose of uh, new jack talking about just how hardcore he was before hardcore was cool um and how he went out truly the way that he lived and that was gangsta style um, it, although it is kind of interesting to hear, you know, Paul Heyman say gangsta, especially when he's wearing a suit and no hat or anything. It was this this past weekend on uh, Talking Smack. Oh, yeah, I'm the <laughs> Ooh, drivel. Wow. Mm-hmm. If you go back and watch there's a there's the Gapster hat. Gapster. 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 
so Brian, am I correct in assuming that your your famous your favorite moment for New Jack would be Smoky Mountain? <laughs> While Brian finishes the taffy, Rob, your favorite New Jack moment. Yeah, the 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 method that he executed his violence in ECW will never ever be topped and never be forgotten. Although uh, Nick Gage tends to try to top it. Uh, Brian, your favorite New Jack moment? Yeah, and I I don't know that we'll ever see Jerome Young, New Jack, make it to the WWE Hall of Fame as he's more infamous than famous. But I feel that in one way, shape, or form, New Jack will be forever remembered for everything that he contributed. I think the the moment I could recall would be, you know, the Gangsters versus the Eliminators back in ECW's heyday was just tremendous and violent. Um, but it would be after the fact, really, with learning about the mass transit incident through um, Dark Side of the Ring, which, you know, we heard about it in our early fandom of ECW. We heard about what happened, but none of us really saw or watched what happened. Um, and we would learn about it, you know, through clips and through news stories and <laughs> lawsuits that we would hear about. But it was only this past year that we learned about the mass transit incident. Right. Yeah. In its in its total infamy glory, whatever you want to call it. Um but in 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 tribute to New Jack, we're we're not gonna hit anybody with a cheese grater. No, what I would truly like to do is 
<laughs> uh, no, thank you. I'll pass. Um, we do want to do a 10-bell salute for New Jack here. So I'm going to go ahead and hit the 10-bell, and we'll be back in just a few moments. Rest in peace, uh, Jerome Young, New Jack. We uh, we thank you for all the memories that you provided. <clears throat> Gentlemen, as we move on, Monday Night Raw happening right now. Under Siege happened uh, this past weekend. The AEW Tag Team Championship was defended between the Young Bucks and SCU. Darby Allen defended the title against Miro, the TNT title. We're not on a shortage for news. There's a lot of different directions we can go. Uh, Let's see here. Some quick hits. WWE announces they will be going live with an audience in July with Money in the Bank. Uh, Let's see here. I'm looking for the location. It's going to air from July 18th is the date of the event. And I don't see an arena yet. But they're saying that it may actually take place in Tampa, Florida, at uh, the Yingling Center, just without the Thunderdome. (laughs) Okay. Rob. Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. I get the feeling that the backlash of zombies has sunk into your brain. <laughs> Rob, uh, thoughts on WWE bringing it back with uh, the audience again for Money in the Bank? I think when they put when you put fans in the stands, it's going to put it. It's going to show them the inaccuracies. When you when you have the Thunderdome, you can mute this these people and black out their screen if they're doing something that you don't want them to do, or move them up to that corner up there, you know, under the banner. Nobody could see who the hell that is. Um, <laughs> but you know, when it's a live crowd. Their reaction is going to be everything. 
you know? That's just, and I think that's one thing that's made AEW, you know, besides the wrestling and everything, it's like the ambiance of having the, the wrestlers in the crowd and reacting to what's going on, you know? Um, but we'll see. It'll be fun to have crowds back. Yeah, I mean, the the ability to have the live crowd, we saw it at WrestleMania and made the show, at least night one, more fun. <laughs> night two, not so much, but uh, night one was good. Um, of course, we've got WrestleMania Backlash to talk about. We will talk about a few pieces of that. Um, you know, right now, wrestling is in a great spot because with the pandemic, as things continue to get back to normal, and we're kind of fast-forwarding to that as at least here for Virginia, it looks like June 15th is our magic day. Yeah, we'll see. I'm not going to put a whole lot of faith in, in everything. In everything. I, I do look forward to, it, to them letting us go back to letting us go back. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to returning to some sort of normalcy and being able to attend events and put off events with UCW and different things. So it's going to be great. With live events coming back with a focus right now on what's going to get the best reaction, do you think we may be seeing an end of the the cartoonish ways that we've seen during the Thunderdome era, such as the joke about zombies? Oh, oh, me, 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 me. <laughs> yes, me. sir. I, yes, teacher, I have my hand up. Why, yes, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I understand the tie-in. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, nobody nobody markets quite like the WWE. That's why they're, you know, where they're at. Uh, but, I mean, it wasn't too long ago that you lit somebody on fire. And then Literally. you expect us, yes. And then you expect us to believe that this guy is now deformed and disfigured, and you know he was caught on fire. So, uh, for your sake, I hope for at least a month or so that the Miz and Morrison both come out dressed as zombies, <laughs> and then so- somewhere along the way, uh, somebody reverts them back to human. I, I don't know because if not, that was the dumbest thing. I've seen them pull off since Sunday. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that, so not what, the dumbest thing. I mean, again, it was a, it was it was a clever tie-in, but I mean, right. if you're going to do it right, at least have them be zombified for a little bit. <laughs> so there's a there's an image floating around on Twitter. It's not officially from WWE or anything, but it, it was basically an RIP. For the Miz and John Morrison, <laughs> kind of like what you used to get at the end of Walking Dead <laughs> when they would talk about or Talking Dead. Remember that show that would air the different people? That right, died? right. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's pretty funny. It's like this whole like black and white thing, and then WWE Supercard decides, hey, we're going to capitalize on this. So what did they give to us, Brian? Today, a special gift pack. We got the zombie Miz card. Wait, <laughs> wait! How did I not know this? <laughs> I'm logging in right now to get my special zombie WWE card. 
Now, it's an older one. If you didn't get this one from back in when Goliath had debuted. Um, so I went yeah, mine season was, three. Mine was Ultimate. Mm. Featured pack. The gift. The gift. The, <laughs> oh, so it could be any zombie. Not just the Miz. So I, got, I got a SummerSlam 17 Braun, and I got the Goliath Miz. All right, so live on corner to corner, I'm popping the <laughs> gift. Here we go. A Braun Strowman SummerSlam 17. Braun. The next one's a Goliath. Let's see who who it is. Bam! The Miz. The Miz Look Goliath. So now, if I use a Miz card, that's going to be the picture. <laughs> Thank you, WWE Thank you. and Miz. <laughs> Thank you, Supercard. So, to be fair, Backlash wasn't actually a bad pay-per-view. That match was abysmal. The pay-per-view itself, the event, was not bad. I actually enjoyed it. Um, but, yeah, Miz and Damian Priest, let's please never do that again. Yeah, but again, it's a lumberjack zombie match, you know. <laughs> you know, only in wrestling <laughs> we say that it is a lumberjack zombie match. Now, it was funny to see like John Morrison react and go, "Hey, Miz," you know, and and try to explain it to him. Miz is like, "You're out of your mind. It's you're making it up." And then, of course, they come to the ring. Um, I did like the fact that. Both Damian Priest and The Miz were terrified for a majority of the time. So at least they sold it well. Did somebody flick his head? Is, 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 is he bobbling right now? Is that what you do? I'm going to get what? a Stan no. bobblehead doll made. Well, we'll get to AEW's time soon, buddy. I promise you. We, we haven't forgotten. Yeah, but, yeah, but again, Stan, this is a pay-per-view, right? And you pick a, a match where they have a feud mm-hmm. only to have it end with a pile of zombies <laughs> eating two competitors. I mean, you know, for in all fairness, it is a good way to get rid of the Miz. Sure, but, I mean, why not put it on the pre-show? Because the zombies, the makeup took longer. <laughs> I wonder... The real question is, how will this translate for, what's the movie called, Army of the Dead? Yeah, it does look good, though. Will it translate, think, you think, into more people watching? Well, I, I, th- I think because there's not a lot out here. Yeah. That'll, that'll probably be, like, a big mo- movie for, for that particular moment in time. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to hold up against, you know, like, Fast other time. movies this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think for that particular moment in time, I think it probably would have stood on its own even without the tie-in. But mm-hmm. the tie-in will bring in, you know, it'll probably bring in people that have no clue. Because the, the movie is supposedly different than, like, your typical zombie-type thing. Hmm. Everything I've seen of Batista getting up, leading up to this um, kind of reminded me of his Gear of, Gears of War uh, uh, gear costume Couldn't oh yeah, yeah and I, I will say though I will say that if they cleverly snuck the Miz and Morrison into this movie <laughs> as zombies 
as zombies. <laughs> it would have all made sense, and I'd have been like, y'all are geniuses. So you would go from, this is the dumbest thing you've done this weekend. <laughs> Notice I said, this weekend. To your right. geniuses. <laughs> your geniuses in my book now. Mm. So, uh, Rob, thanks for, <laughs> thanks for Rob. sending me this... Uh... This message here, wow. Um, just just breaking just now, uh, it's been reported that former NWA World Tag Team Champion Don Kernodal has uh, passed away. Damn, he was 71 years old. He wrestled in NWA, Mid-Atlantic, WWE, um, and of course all, all over the world. But, um, wow. Starcade with the Russians and... That oh, I was gonna say that was him and uh, Sergeant Slaughter. They that's okay. Wow, man, he was a member of the Cobra Corps. That's a blast from the past. Yeah, that's breaking just now. Yeah, that just uh, just came off the off the wire, so to speak. Yep. I don't. I gotta be honest. I don't have a ton of Don Kernodal uh, memories. Uh, I don't, I'm only but so familiar with him. Like the Cobra Corps, I thought I recognized his face, but that was about it. What do you guys have yeah. as far as memories of Kernodal? I remember his thing at Starcade with the Russians, where he teamed and and did that stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, he was just one of the the workhorses, as they say. You know, like he just. He put on good matches back in the day, and uh, mm-hmm. it's sad that the, when it happens, and it's sad that he was going through things, you know, going through his health problems, and and uh, he will be missed. But thankfully, nowadays that stuff is digitized, so fans for years from now can see those matches. Uh, he's not in the WWE Hall of Fame, is he? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Wow! Wow! Still, no, I mean, they listen. So, so they have very few outsiders, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I don't, I don't even know if he would. How you know? I don't. How do I say this? I don't even know where his name would be placed. I think it would go in the legend wing. Yeah, like the legacy the, wing or whatever. Yeah, the one that they put in where they put in, you know, the ones that are legends that did something but didn't necessarily have a big WWE presence. Yeah, I can't. But they haven't done that in a while. Really did so, WWE. you know. But they really haven't done that in a while, and most of his stuff was NWA, AWA, and you know. There is a link that I will send out on our Twitter that is to the write-up on Lords of Pain, official partner of Corner to Corner. And uh, they've got some great video clips for some of Don Carnotal's matches, including work for Championship Wrestling in, back in 1983, Maple Leaf Wrestling against Johnny Weaver, Greg Valentine, Ricky Steamboat, Nikita Koloff. Um, and then it's even got uh, 
The Road to Greensboro, Part 8, If These Belts Could Speak, is uh, the title of it. But it's got uh, him and uh, Sergeant Slaughter in a few uh, segments there. So definitely check that out when you get a chance. Uh, memories of Don Coronado. You typing sounded like the really bad audio that when you call somebody and they're like, please hold while I look it up. <laughs> right. That's that's because I type way too loud. I should just gently tap the keys. <clears throat> oh, well. I guess I'll never be a, a famous uh, administrator. Keyboards are like, stop! Hey, every famous administrator has a secretary. Okay. Or administrative Jeez. assistant. Let's see here. Um, and if you're really popular, your assistant would have an assistant. We're, we're getting down a, a rabbit hole here of assistants, Rob. <laughs> Sorry, uh, let's see. Shut up. <laughs> uh, let's go ahead and just kind of break down what we saw on WrestleMania Backlash. I don't know that we need to do match by match unless you guys want to drive through it. Um my big takeaway from it would be, um, aside from the historic zombies, I mean, geez, um, the SmackDown Tag Team Championship match between the Dirty Dogs. When did they get that tag name, by the way? Don't remember that. Uh, about a month ago. Ah, well, there we go. Uh, and Ray and Dominic Mysterio, Las Vegas' favorite wrestler, Dominic Mysterio, um, I, I, that is still one of the best comparisons, Brian, I have ever heard for a wrestler's name. Uh-huh. You're the one that said it. Not me, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. I'll say a lot of stupid stuff. <laughs> but uh, I actually thought it was a really cool moment to see them, uh, both Ray and Dominic, celebrate uh, a tag title win. And it was... It's a historic deal because it's the first time in, in wrestling history that a father and son have held the tag championship. Um, I would imagine it's the first time in WWE history that mm. a father and son have held tag team titles. And Rocky, I bet you Brian, if you go you back got? and listen, bet you if you go back and listen, they probably said WWE history. I mean, literally, you're telling me... Well, I mean, Ricky Morton just did it, what, a week ago? Oh, no. Yeah. They didn't, they didn't steal. They didn't steal from old Hoot, did they? Well, I mean, uh, once again, you know, we have falsehoods that are perpetrated that the WWE is, you know, the end-all, be-all, be all, end-all. But it is. I, I'm sure, it is. I want to say, I honestly want to say, I thought I heard WWE history. Because there's no way that you've had these father and son teams forever, and nobody's ever, like, I'm going to hold the world tag titles with my boy, especially somebody that runs, you know, owns a territory. That's That has never happened. Okay, so in mainstream history, possibly? No, in WWE history. Well, you and know, I Jerry almost, Lawler and his son probably did it. I, I almost venture to say, if you go back and look, there's a father-son tag team somewhere in the WWE history that did it. I mean, you know how they write people in and out of stuff all the time. 
What about Greg and Vern? Braun Strowman did it with that boy. Could've been his kid. Well, that's kind of what I what it felt like with this. I mean, Dominic <laughs> is so much taller than Ray. It was almost like a repeat or something. You saying it was Ray's Make a Wish? <laughs> <laughs> no, you said it. I didn't say. It. <laughs> I mean, he does. He does jump on his his son's back and let him carry him to the ring. <laughs> Well, look, here, here. Jim, well, Ray's like, all right, I've been carrying you for all these years. You carry me to the ring, boy. <laughs> and my bags, punk. <laughs> Why do you think you're in the WWE in the first place? <laughs> well, well, look. Where? Let's just uh, let's just take a gander at the old internet. Oh, no. And let's see if we can track down... Another father and son tag team champions prior to Ray and Dominic. And I already just gave you one. You know there's going to be more out there. Well, I saw Ricky Morton and is it Carrie Morton? I think it's Carrie. I saw that on Twitter today. Yeah, but that was from last week, though, right, Rob? Wasn't it last week? Yes. Yeah. Hmm. Well, it's all over the internet, and Brian, if the internet says it, it's got to be true. It says Dominic and Ray are the first. Yeah, but keep reading. It's <laughs> yeah. a SmackDown, it WWE. WWE. <laughs> yes. Uh, let's see here. So there's a ton of it. here. You know, now now that we've seen it happen on WWE, so that means it happened for real, um, I wonder why they didn't have The Rock and Rocky Johnson do it. Um, that would have been huge. Know. Yeah, but I don't know, like, when The Rock was popular, I don't think you could have. I don't think Rocky Johnson could go. They would have crapped all over it if it was when Rock's first uh, face face run was, when he first debuted. Uh, I'm just scanning through Google right now, just looking through, because now I'm I'm definitely intrigued. I want to know the different father-son championship duos. Um Although I am inclined to say that probably the Ganyas did it at one point. Oh, yeah. Or the Von Erics, maybe? Um, Fritz? I think Fritz would have been too old. I could be wrong, but... Larry and Kurt Hennig? Yeah. Uh, yeah, That's a possibility, I guess. Hmm. Man, I am totally intrigued about this. I could go down this rabbit hole for the rest of the night because I am definitely wanting to see if Dusty and Dustin tell me that wouldn't have happened. That would have been awesome. Yeah, back in the day. I don't think I ever did, but that would be cool. Curse you. Curse you. Now I'm just looking it up. Here's one from 2015 in a father-son tag team competing uh, for the for the VCW Tag Team Championship, Steve and Colby Carino. There's a duo. I bet you they definitely held the titles, at least in multiple spots. Mm, that one wins. That might be a, a great dark horse. Well, there was this one in WCWF where Stan Grubb and Matthew Grubb held the title. Ah, the nine-year-old protege of professional wrestling <laughs> fame. Because <laughs> as you type it in the computer, you can make it happen. That's right. 
I can make it so. With the help of our friendly neighborhood wrestling simulator known as TNM. And then you hack the WWE mainframe and put yourself in the legend section. Oh, God. I'm actually <laughs> surprised that's not been done before. <laughs> Somebody hasn't, you know, snuck into the WWE social media. Mm. That actually could be really, really bad. <laughs> actually, didn't Shane and Vince did? never won it? No. No, but again... Just the the possibilities of that. Could you imagine during the Attitude Era, for example, like if they had beaten the Outlaws? Oh, my gosh. That would have been hilarious. Of course, this is back when uh, everything was funny during the Hilarious. Hilarious. I mean, there's no, that, there, there's no, like, Wikipedia, like, where somebody's done all these father-son tag teams. Well, you know, much oh, to my chagrin, Brian, cagematch.net does not have it listed. Well. If it's not there, then frankly, it's not anywhere. It didn't happen. That's right. It's not here. It didn't happen. Yeah, because they've actually, they do have a pretty good <laughs> database of information. Anyway, I digress. Unless you're, on, unless you're on the phone with somebody and <laughs> trying to find some stats. Just happened to get stuck in the middle of reading. Lost in the sauce. Uh, wait, 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 wait. Ding, 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 I think you found uh, something, Robbie. Either Bob, that or Lassie fell down the well. Bob and Brad Armstrong. Ah. In November 26, 1981. Won the NWA National Tag Team Championship. So there's at least, you know, there's another one to, th to throw in there. Um, didn't they win them in Smoky Mountain also? Oh, I don't know. They probably won them quite, all, uh, quite a bit. Well, not quite a bit, but they probably won... I would say the Armstrongs might be like if you were to do father and son tag teams, as far as like titles, they would mm -hmm. probably they may be close to having the most. Because right? again, it's not like it happens all the time, so it's a big thing when it does happen. But I think they they might have wanted probably more than anybody because I don't think the Hearts did it. I don't think. Um, those would, to me, would be like the bigger, um, the bigger father and son duos that you would think might do it. The, the Ganyas might have done it, maybe. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. Honestly, that's. It's kind of hard to figure to, to hmm. do that. This is a deep, dark rabbit hole we have dived down. We have dived into. Stan's got homework to look into next week. Right. Because like I, I literally will be looking into this. <laughs> I am now <laughs> immensely intrigued as the father-son tag teams. Okay, who did it? Uh, 
let's continue down the uh, backlash trail, though. Um, you know, the the matchup between Ripley, Asuka, and Charlotte Flair was okay. Um, I actually really, really enjoyed the triple threat between Braun Strowman, uh, Drew McIntyre, Bobby Lashley, and that speaks a lot for me because I'm not a big Lashley fan, but I thought I thought that one was pretty well done. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to guess that's a no from either one of you. What are we talking about? Sorry. <laughs> Lashley, Strowman, and uh, Drew McIntyre. I'm just tired of it all. Oof. Honestly, I think it's the zombies. I think the zombies just like literally like punch you in the teeth and you just like, huh, that's what we're doing now, huh? Well, and then afterwards, you just simply stop paying attention. Mm-hmm. Because what, what else can you see? Like what else is there to be like, oh, hey. And, the, you know, another point is it was dumb to put that match in the like in the middle of a pay-per-view mm-hmm. because, the you know, the setup was so different. You, you, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like one minute you have all these other people, you know, there's like faces and, you know, there's a crowd, and, you know, it's like there's. There's people there, you know, because you co- grow accustomed to the TVs and stuff or whatever. Yeah. And then everybody disappears. And you're like, wait, wait a second. I thought there were people standing there not 30 seconds ago. So, you know, again, to me, it's the zombies. I watched it. But the zombies hit, and I'm like, it's the dumbest thing you've done this weekend. And that was enough for me to leave it on and just stop, just listen to it, not even watch the thing. Yeah, I, I felt like with with the the events of the evening as it continued to unfold, one of the things that I noticed was like on social media, there was as soon as the zombies came out, it was like people are just instantly like, okay, what else is on? <laughs> we're done and and it was it was kind of all over the place i mean people were that i saw positively talking about wanting to see cesaro and roman reigns wanting to see the triple threat between the ladies wanting to see uh bianca Belair and bailey which if, if i had to really describe all of the different matches that month bianca and bailey might have been match of the night and that's i don't know if that's good or bad Um, so, I mean, I thought it was a little entertaining, mm-hmm. but I, I'm not, you know, again, the, to me, the problem with Bailey is the new character. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Bailey I have... is when you order Tessa Blanchard on wish, that's what you get. <laughs> <laughs> Snap. Damn. Um, <laughs> yeah, and, and, you know, here's – because, again, we talked about this last night, right? We texted last night, right? 
I, I mean, who is allowing these announcers to talk? Like, do they not hear, like, what they're saying? Because I even pointed, I, I, I asked you, Stan, mm-hmm. remember, about her haircut, yeah. right? Because the announcer's like, yeah, she shaves the names of her opponents in there. All the, you know, she shaves her names of her opponents in there. No, dummy, she doesn't because the hair doesn't grow like that. You're insulting my intelligence because if she wrestles twice a week, mm-hmm. she can't. It's physically impossible for her to shave the names of her opponents in there. You're an idiot. Stop, you know, stop talking to me like I'm the idiot when you're the idiot. The announcers suck. You you have zombies. I'm not going to go into that. But... <laughs> And I, I think I, I I honestly think it it just it saps more out of you watching these shows than it probably has in the past. Because well, again, the announcers no good. I would much rather have Michael Cole back doing it, and I don't like Michael Cole because I think he's I'm just worn out on him doing it than than the the, the new guys. Because the new guys absolutely stink. Mm-hmm. And uh, what's his name? The other one. Um, Corey. Corey Gray. Really? Yeah, really? Really? I, I'm, I, I should watch it and just cut it, cut the noise off just to see <laughs> if I can watch one of these things. Well, the only time, like, he's too busy promoing Carmella, even if she's not wrestling. Well, I imagine Carmella is going to be a thing of the past now that uh, uh, Evolution is back. Oh, yeah. If anybody should be shaking in their boots, it's Carmella and Lana. <laughs> no, it should be Natalia. I mean, they already sent her gear away. <laughs> but they gave her a belt to make it up to her. Yeah, that – I don't understand that title change. Uh, Rob's talking about the smack. No, the women's tag team championship that changed hands. Uh, it happened on SmackDown, didn't it? Um, aren't they raw? So the, I could be the wrong. women's tag titles are both both brands. Are yeah, all brands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They are, but isn't Natalya Raw or is she SmackDown? Well, she's on Raw tonight. Uh, well, yeah, yeah they're, now, they're defending now tonight, but yeah. <laughs> I I have a feeling that they'll probably lose them back to Nia and Shayna tonight. But I, I don't understand why you would even take the belts off of them. I mean, but at the same time, this kind of speaks to just the inac- inadequacy of the planning of that of those titles in the first place. Uh, so I, I so here I think here's the problem with those tag titles, right? You put them on a tag team that should never have gotten them. A, you made Nia out to be, you know, like this monster, right? Mm-hmm. And you build her as such. You let her just wreck your people, and so you know she is what you build her to be. 
Baszler, on the other hand, is a you know former UFC fighter. You know, you've let her run amok when you do let her run amok, you know, and just literally beat the piss out of people, which, again, is the way she's supposed to be. But you can't really pair them two together. A, you have nobody else in the division on either brand that matches up to Nia size-wise, right? You have nobody else in the division who is a UFC fighter, right? It's right. supposed to be real legit. I can beat your ass any day of the week. So, again, you have to build her as such, mm-hmm. right? And then you made the mistake of putting them together. So, it should be near impossible to take them off of them. Or take them off of them. Not her, but them. You, you see what I'm saying? And you pair them against who? Lana and Naomi? Oh, like, okay, I'm going to believe that one. Mandy and Dana? I'm going to believe, you You know, you expect me to believe they're going to take the title from them? No, you have to create this tag team out of nowhere in Natalia, who's probably pound for pound your best technical wrestler, and Tamina, who's got the size to even come close to stacking up with Nia. Uh, and plus, you're probably going to split the Nia and uh, Shayna up anyway, I would imagine, too, because you know Shayna's going to get real tired of all the antics like the water throwing and the tripping and the other tomfoolery that goes along with that tag team. <laughs> yeah, I, I think the the overwhelming opinion on that is if you put them together, now you have to let them be what they are. And so anytime they lose, it's like, really? That's that's what we're doing? Because that's that's kind of how it comes off. Like, you had an opportunity with Lana last year <laughs> and you blew that completely blew it and then you push that again to get to Wrestlemania and still don't come through on it then you give the titles to two people that not that they're not deserving in their own right of a title run at a different point but in a, in a situation that really just didn't make any sense well I, I mean but again though I to me this is the tag team that the other tag teams need to make it believable. I, I can see Mandy and Dana wrestling Tamina and uh, Natty and beating them. I can see Naomi and Lana beating them. You know what I'm saying? And I'm sure I'm missing any number of other tag teams, but you know those are the, the more prominent ones that come to mind. Um, but you know what I'm saying? It's like if you brought up... Uh, uh, what's her name? Uh, Candace and uh, her partner. Oh my God, I'm drawing a blank right now. I see her face, but I'm drawing a blank. Um, from NXT. Right. Um, I know who you're talking about. Oh, Indy. Rio. Indy, Indy yes. Hartwell. Hartwell. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I can't believe. I like literally can see her face right now, but I can't get her name. Anyway, if you brought them up, right, for a shot at the tag team titles, and it's Nia and and Baszler, mm-hmm. you think they got a shot? Hmm. No. So, That's, are no, you going to even watch? Wise. Are you going to you going to watch the match? Probably not. So you're talking dead air, right? Somebody's going to turn it. Somebody's going to say, "I've had enough of this." Whatever. It'll be dead air. But could they compete against Natty and Tamina? Sure. And it, it would make for better TV. Yeah. 
food Chill for thought coming in from uh, <coughs> coming in hot <laughs> from Ryan. Well, I mean, I agree with Brian on that because of the fact that also Baszler and Nia Jax do better in single storylines. And Baszler hasn't really had a chance to shine as a single wrestler since being called up. So, like, you have Tamina and Natty, who for years have been your steadfast people in, you know, in a division, working during the Divas era and then coming back and, you know, doing this. So I can see them saying here. And it kind of helps give the title, I guess, a little bit legitimacy because of the fact that it can be defended and it's more realistic when the matches take place that the person's going to win. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, when you're going against Nia Jax every night, obviously, I mean, come on now. You built her up to be this Billy Badass, you know? I mean, how many times did they do the bully storyline with her? You know? She was a bully, and then she got bullied by Alexa Bliss, and now then she started bullying the next person, and it's like, whatever. (laughs) So, I mean, we'll see. I mean, I'm kind of glad to see that the titles changed hands, and it's on somebody who, you know, has stayed relevant over these years, but then can also maybe be a olive branch, shall we say, to the next generation. I mean, I don't agree with the fact that we have Eva Marie back, but hey, it ain't my checkbook, so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the the whole thing with that that move with getting rid of who they did and then, hey, let's let's bring back Eva Marie. Somebody in the back had to sit there, and, and, and maybe it was Vince, maybe it was, uh, who's the other guy, Bruce Pritchard, or maybe John Laronitis himself. One of them had to say, yeah, that's a... That's a great idea. Let's bring them. Let's bring her back and let's let everybody else go. Good idea. Yeah, let's cut the iconics and bring back Eva Marie. Right. Well, right. listen, so I'll almost lay money that although she may not have known cuts were coming, that she had a start date for some time. Oh, and yeah, yeah. she I mean, had I... a contract for some time. Yeah. And I would say probably a month or two ahead of time. Yeah, I mean, I would normally... definitely. Good. No, I was going to say that's normally what it is. Normally, yeah. they know several months in advance. I, I would certainly tie her, um, her signing or her return to uh, Parker Parker Bridgerow, I think is her his last name, because he's been on the roster for NXT. He's in developmental. He's been there for months. Um, so she was instrumental in having him get signed. So I, I think you're probably right. She probably had a start date way before WrestleMania. But it definitely is still not a good look for them. But since when have they done good looks lately? So mm, that is that begs the question, sir. That is the million dollar question. And so, although funny, that is a pretty. I don't understand that storyline either. The million dollar, the million dollar man and uh, Cameron Grimes. That 
Cameron Grimes, I guess, is supposed to be like a a redneck millionaire. I guess. <laughs> yeah, I feel like an asshole saying that, but he's like a redneck millionaire. Um, yeah, because I, I guess feel I like missed... one or. Oh. <laughs> I guess I missed how it all started. I mean, I, I've been trying to watch it pretty regularly now. This on Tuesday night, you losers. And um, oh, wow, really, really. You losers, really? Did you, they did lost, you get a little? They? Did you did you feel a little? Did they lose? Tingle did they inside, lose? Brian, when you said that. Did they <laughs> lose the Wednesday eight? night war? Did they lose it? If you want to call it a war, I don't think anybody oh, bring it, it down the door. No, it, side. yeah, but see, here's the thing: you can call it what you like, but it was counter programming that blew up in their face. I right? don't disagree with you there. They only won like what three, three, three Wednesday nights. Oh, God. I mean, I you tried everything. Was every it book. even three? Yeah, I think it was like three or four. I mean, well, you again, tried everything. Uh, another reason sun. I would question is to whether or not it's really a war. Yeah. <laughs> so, so get out of here, you bunch of losers. Go to Tuesday <laughs> and enjoy yourselves. But anyway, so somewhere along the way, I missed the beginning of this little thing. And although I do find it entertaining, I, I have no clue what I'm watching. Did you see the segment where he's at the jewelry store? He's trying yes. to buy a watch. It's super nice. And he spends hours at this jewelry store. And finally, he settles on one. And DiBiase walks up and bam! He's <laughs> like, this is the one I got. <laughs> he laughs. Totally outshining his moment. It was great. And then that Ted DiBiase laugh that no one else can do. Yeah, I, I would never try to imitate it because I couldn't pull it off. <laughs> yeah. And then you had the club one. I saw the club one. Where he was trying to get in the club and they wouldn't let him in, and then Ted rolls up and says, "I bought this." <laughs> He's out in the screen, out in the street, screaming his name. Uh, the mansion <laughs> one, yeah, <laughs> the mansion one. Which here's another thing, uh, WWE. Let's pay a little bit more attention. So if it's a non like uh, in ring event, why don't you stock it with people that look like millionaires? Instead of people that we know are wrestlers on your roster, if you want, you know, a little believability. Now you're wanting things to make sense, Brian. You do realize this. Is yeah, I mean, we're talking about. I, I, I understand it, but it's the little things like that. Like we didn't just see one or two of them, like you know, in a dark match or something a week before. That never happened. Shush, shush. <laughs> that guy wasn't just on uh, the WWE's Most Wanted. No, no. He's yeah. not helping them track down, like, lost artifacts. The Indiana Jones yeah. of WWE all of a sudden. Yeah. But, but again, they, those segments are... They're supposed to ignore it. They were security two weeks ago. Right, right. Well, now they're part of... Uh, uh, shoot, what's his name? Swerve. His uh, group, the Hit Squad. Which is a I, cool name. Uh, for a, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm waiting to see how that plays out. Could be... Now, are you talking about the guy who was on the... The guy who is on the um, Hidden Treasure show. Yeah, the big guy that goes through the with like, uh, all of the stars and helps him to uh, helps him to I don't think something. that's. I don't think he's part of it. I think it's another big guy. But am I the only one that's annoyed by the fact that the guy hung out with the Undertaker and Kane, but while wearing a Roman Reigns T-shirt? <laughs> I, did, no, I, didn't I didn't even, even notice, notice that. <laughs> I'm sitting here watching Kane and the Undertaker. Rob's noticing yeah. the Roman shirt. Wow, yeah. I didn't notice that, Rob. Damn. 
I mean, like, he hasn't worn the t-shirt of the dude he's with since the show's been on. Like, he probably doesn't want to look like worn, a mark. He's worn Nikki Bella's hat every week. I'm like, stop oh, it. That's a mistake. Yeah, that's, that's a huge mistake. So much for not being. It's like he's in the warehouse, and they're like, "Here's some extra shit we have laying around." <laughs> hey, wear this hat. <laughs> but I, w- I will have to say, Rob, if you're getting that annoyed at that little stuff. We, we we need to have a WWE intervention. Oh no, not that again! Here we yeah. go. Yeah. So now I'm just be- glad because that show, Hidden Treasures, makes me not feel bad about any collection that I ever had. So got that right. Because some of those people's houses you go to, it's like whoa. <laughs> well, look at the one guy who has a second house that's nothing but a museum. The one that Mick was Foley was scary. in. That was scary, dude. Holy like, cow. He's like, will you do me a favor and do a thing with my kids? If I'm that kid's his mom, I'd be like, no, freak. <laughs> We're not going to make the kids sit down and watch no, a stop Mick Foley it, match stop, stop, stop. that they Are don't like. Those stand, kids didn't stand, like. They don't even know stand, who it was. Stan. Stan. <laughs> stop. Stan. So Mick Foley and the guy show up at your house, Right. And hey, uh, let me let me have let me have Mr. Sako, who might be one of one, right? Mm-hmm. For all we know, if it's an original, authentic Mr. Sako, what are you going to ask for? I don't think I could ask for anything for my kids. My kids don't even know who McFarland no, no. is. So, what? But what? Are you, what would you ask for? Jesus, what just uh, you ask for for payment? Uh... You'd ask for a hug. <laughs> um, I don't know, man. Gotta, uh, Damn, that's a, you gonna ask that for you gonna ask for money? You gonna ask for money? You gonna try and pay it forward? Because mm. I mean, I would hope, right? I would hope that you would be smart enough, like that guy was, to like get McFoley to hang out with him for a while. So right? I would certainly want a memory like that for myself i just don't know that i would be like hey watch it with my kids oh. who oh by the way have no idea who he is yeah but i i, I mean they may be used to see him as mankind they may be used to see him as dude yeah. love and not not figuring out you know but let's all right so let's take like the rock i mean not okay without shit would ever happen right hey, you there, wouldn't be like hey let me call you mind if i call my kids up to have them come meet you now that I would do, that I would definitely do because every single one of my kids would be like, "It's the Rock!" <laughs> They'd yeah. freak it out, right? And that—that's a moment you'll never, you can never trade away. You know what I mean? Like right. I give you, th- I'll give you that because that's huge. But again, but it's that, the same the thing for Big Foley though. My kids know who he is. The one but it's the same thing with Big Foley. The one that creeped me out was the guy who had all the mannequin wrestler outfits up, and then it's like, "Will you sit and watch a pay per view?" Anyone I want. <laughs> Will you sit and tell me? About who was that with? Felt? It was the. Uh, it was mankind because he had one of the original mankind shirts. Yeah, yeah, it was that. And uh, but he also had like the bottom of a mannequin wearing Shawn Michaels tights. He had Bret one Hart wearing tights. Bret Hart, Owen Hart. He had oh yeah, yeah. Big Daddy Cool Diesel, per- Mister Perfect. They went back to him for um. Stone Cold, remember they had that uh, cooler, and uh, Booker T wanted something else from him, so he got. Oh, well, was a different to call guy. The same guy. Oh, it was? 
Damn. Yeah, that's a different guy. That's the guy who had the the um the man the the cactus jack shirt. Oh yeah. And yeah. then but you got to give the guy credit for being ballsy enough to one get a chance to go to the archives. And two, while you're in the archives, he's like, "Hey, I'll give you that for this and five grand." Like he just grabbed the barbed wire two by four and's like, "All right, I'll take this and five grand." And they're like, "Uh." <laughs> well, I mean, you're on TV when... now. What are you gonna do? Tell him no. <laughs> <laughs> so he he broke because uh, again, I don't get to see this at all. So he they came to him, right. Mm-hmm. And say, we want this. He then turned around and said, okay, but take me here and let me pick something. So, so here's how it Well, they, he says, if something leaves my collection, something has to come into my collection. Yeah, yeah. And okay. so, like, for the Mankind one, he, um, they were like, well, I'll tell you something. Maybe we can get you a tri- Maybe we can get you a tour of the warehouse. You know, and so they called the guy. They're like, "Okay, sure, we'll let it happen this once." And so he's walking around the warehouse, and he's like holding on the shirt, like you know, you do when you find something cool in the store, and you're like, "I'm keeping it." And he just walks in this room and picks a basic, like a barbed wire two by four out of a trash can. It's like, "All right, I'll let you have the shirt for five grand and this two by four." Wait, what is so special over this shirt? It's so like it's, a it's mankind a shirt. Jack's, it's Cactus Jack's original flannel, flannel oh, that he okay. wore in WWE. Yeah. Oh, okay, I got you. Because well, so I'm thinking, I'm thinking the, like some T-shirt from Target. I'm like, what? Wanted dead or alive T-shirt. <laughs> but then when he did it, like the guy knew what they were facing when, because they went to him again because he turned out he had Booker T's king robe. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And so they came ready to bear because the guy's like, all right, we'll give you this, this. And, and, and the guy's like, I don't know. No, and so, know at first. well, because he's like, Hey, and the guy, and the Booker T goes out to the car and comes in with one of Charmel's dresses. And he's like, Hey, I'll give you this plus whatever money. And Wait. oh, by the way, I'll give you the pair of tights I wore when I was in the eight, the outfit I wore when I was in the NWO for a week. And the guy's like, uh. And then they got a video chat with Stone Cold, and the guy's like, okay, deal. Right. I mean, it, they go, they take, it's bad enough, they take the superstars and literally go to their houses, right? So you're all struck. You're starstruck from the moment the door opens. And then you've got this big six foot eight guy. And he's not like a skinny dude. He's muscular as hell. And he's just like, hey, I'm here with Cactus Jack. We want the shirt. What are you going to do? Tell him no. He's going to kill you. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's, well, it's not like going to end in your favor. The, it's like the Undertaker one where it's that museum. They're like, you know, they probably haven't had visitors in six years. Right. And then the Undertaker's like, hey, I want this. I still think the best one, though, is where Undertaker goes to his storage unit and just opens up one of those little plastic tubs. Oh, wait, here's a trench coat I wore in 1994 at SummerSlam. Like, what? Oh, here's here's my face mask, one of one. Right, yeah, exactly, exactly. Never, I've only worn it that one time, and that was it. Like, what? That's ridiculous. Absolutely crazy. 
Yeah, I mean, I like the show because of the stuff you see. I mean, some of it you're like, okay. Mm-hmm. Like, when it came to, like, I mean, it was interesting that during the Broker T episode, they actually found a thing they couldn't, they actually couldn't find something. You know, they were looking for the WCW TV title, the original, and they couldn't find it. Um, because apparently Hacksaw Jim Duggan sold it to some dude, and now they don't know where it is. Um, but, like, now I, I, I kind of admit the legitimacy because of who they got it from, but when they went with Jerry Lawler to Bill Abner's house, to get the neck brace. You know, like if it wasn't Bill Abner, I'd be like, how do you really know that's just not some neck bracing on a wall? I mean, but, I mean well, it, it speaks volumes for the credibility of Bill Abner, though. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like if it wasn't Bill Abner, because, mm-hmm. you know, we all sat through his show in Charlotte and know the memorabilia that man has. We've seen it. You know, but then for him to turn around and be like, yeah, you can have it. I've been like, uh, I want to be in the Hall of Fame. (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, something tells me too. like, they don't just show up at somebody's house. This is all like pre set up. You know what I'm saying? Oh, it's got to be. It's got to be researched, and there's got to be, you know, calls and appointments made. Yeah, yeah. It's not like they just randomly show up at Joe Collector's house and go, hey, guess what? <laughs> well, it's like that show Storage Wars, you know. They just don't happen to have a storage tub full of crap, and then, oh, look, there's a turn of the century pool cue. Right. Yeah, I mean, I, I would think this is all that somewhere along the way, we missed the, hey, sign up for this WWE show. We're looking for memorabilia. And the only requirement is you have to be willing to give something up. You know what I'm saying? I'm sure it was out there, and we just probably all missed it or didn't see it. Or realized it didn't have anything. Mm, yeah, I, I mean, I don't. I don't think I have anything worthy enough to go into a, a museum or anything. But, but I, that does that doesn't mean that wouldn't catch my eye, though. So, I mean, I do like the talk of them saying that they want to procure this stuff for a physical Hall of Fame and museum at some point in the future. So it's like, you know. That right there is pretty cool that we can actually at there be a place to go see all this stuff. Yeah. All right, so Rob, I, I, I asked the question to Stan. What would be your price? Huh? What would be your price? <laughs> if you had if you had Mr. Sako, we'll just keep it simple. What would oh, be your I'd price? ask for like I'd ask for a couple grand and ringside seats to WrestleMania. Hmm. I'd be like, listen, the five grand plus ringside seats to WrestleMania. And I'm not talking about off to the side ringside. I'm like ringside. I want to be right next to the dude in a green shirt. (laughs) Nah, screw that. I want his seat. 
kick him out of his mm-hmm. no, put no, him no, in the nose, no, no. please. <laughs> no, no. No. What, what what did you say, Stan? What did you say? I want his. You wanted no, no. You wanted what though? When I asked uh, you, what, what did, did you? I say? Uh, I think you were kid. Yeah, I think you were real stingy. When it came to like, like Mick Foley, I couldn't think of anything really. And it's not that it's not that a mo- a memory with Mick Foley wouldn't be cool. I, I got to say, I'm I'm jealous of Rob's selection there because that's probably the smartest way to do it. Um, I'm really just not sure what I would ask for. Yeah, well, you that's your fantasy. Then go go to the back of the line. You can't jump on Rob's. Rob was. <laughs> Smart enough wow. to get front row tickets Way to go, for me Rob. and him to WrestleMania. <laughs> no, you could have gotten tickets for all three of us, but you didn't. You were selfish. Rob got oh, me and him tickets to front row center of WrestleMania. <laughs> it all comes back to Brian. Okay, Brian, <laughs> it's your turn. <laughs> what would you ask for, sir? I, I honestly don't know if I could give it up, honestly. Well, see, that's the thing. Like, it's a one-of-one. One. Like, it's yeah. not... If I was to have, like, The Undertaker's mask, for example. Like, this is The Undertaker, right? And he comes to your house, and he's like, hey, you know, we want to put this in a physical Hall of Fame for the WWE, which all of us would hold in some degree of reverence, especially because it's The Undertaker, right? But he says, you know, what's it going to take? I, I want the, I want to put this mask there. Like, that's a, there's nothing else like it in the world. But it's also The Undertaker I, I staring know. you in the face saying... You know? I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I don't. I don't know if I could use a one of one. Yeah. I think I just have looked like a dick on TV. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Taker. Sorry, Dead Man. <laughs> yeah, sorry, dude. Fucking <laughs> choke uh, right there outside. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, I think I do think. I, uh, in all seriousness, I think Rob is kind of like on a, a a better track. Yeah. But maybe try and get something more long term. Maybe like a few of them, and not you know just be like I I want you know this for the next five years or something. I don't want no money. I don't want no money value. But I want the I want the tickets. You know, I want the front row. I want the the VIP passes or something. You know, for the next five years or ten years or uh. lifetime or whatever. <laughs> So Brian sees your WrestleMania tickets, Rob, yeah. and raises you the VIP experience for the next five years. Wow. Yeah. I could see yeah, I, just laughing at our faces. If we ever were no, I, if you had the Undertaker's mask, like, so Sako is, I don't think you could pull it off for Sako, mm-hmm. right? Because, again, there are others out there, mm-hmm. right? There are ones that he created for house shows, he said. And then there's the ones that the dude created that are more rare to find. Right. When you're talking the Undertaker's mask that he wore for what what they say one match or whatever it was, and it was one of one. Right. I think you could name your price to a point. I don't think you you know be like a million dollars. Then they'll laugh. But that, getting like tickets to WrestleMania would be nothing for them because all they would do is put you on a list. I mean, they give, they give away a certain amount of tickets for every event anyway. So, right. Yeah. I mean, it wouldn't be costing I, I think, them anything. Right. And I think something like that would be easy to get 
if anybody's listening and that they're going to show up to, why don't you try WrestleMania tickets for life? <laughs> See what they say. <laughs> but yeah, I think I think I think that would probably be the smarter play. It'd be like I want something. I want t- I want VIP passes or something. You know, tickets and VIP passes to WrestleMania, and oh, I want them for the next ten years. <laughs> And also, I want 20 minutes free shopping trips in the um, vault of all the toys. Oh, that would, oh <laughs> my God. See that. Oh, like, Rob just, Rob Trump the Trump. Yeah, Rob just won. Trump the Trump. Yeah. yeah. That would be so cool. I, I can't believe I didn't think of that one. Rob just went all in. He's like, you know what? <laughs> Screw it. If it's one of one, then you're letting me into the vault for whatever I want. <laughs> no, yeah, it'd be like, uh. You know that, oh cause, yes, because Jim Ross used to talk about how they have a closet at WWE at Titan Tower. It's probably a room, and it has all the toys and figures and stuff in it. And from time to time, they would let employees go in there mm-hmm. and get stuff for their kids and stuff. You know, like or they'd have a kid come to the WWE place, and they're like, "Here, you want some toys?" So you know, somewhere. In there, you know, is some LJNs and some you yes. know black carded oh LJNs. That that just hit me. I'll give you the Undertaker's mask for the entire collection of LJNs. Oh, <laughs> dude! If I, I I well, I'd be there with Hasbro's, right? So I'd be like, if you give me from green card back to the first set, I'm in. Okay, you can have it. Yeah, I mean, you can have it. That's the freaking grail for me. That would I would yeah. do that. At Rob, you have won and the a, internet today, sir. And a picture, <laughs> and you got to sign my underwear. And then, we're, <laughs> then we're set. And then Wait, you got to make your it underwear. Weird. Yes, the one I'm wearing. <laughs> yeah, right my now. underwear, my underwear, not yours, mine. <laughs> While I'm wearing them, hang on, let me get these out for you. Wait, what? Get to, get to sign. <laughs> I thought you meant the other side. <laughs> <laughs> nope. This is the money side. <laughs> I want to see you trying it. Yeah, be Come like, here. I watch you. And, I watch you wrestle. I watch you wrestle in your underwear for years. Now you watch me wrestle in mine. Come here, champ. <laughs> Look up at me. Look in my eyes. <laughs> oh, Lord. Yeah, then they go. Then, then you, you're, you're chasing them down the street in your underwear. Come here, Mick. <laughs> Have a Mix nice like day. looking at that. Mix looking at that guy going never again. <laughs> <laughs> now today, we'll Mix say the cool place they went was that. <laughs> I thought what was cool is they did that when they went to that guy in Florida who has all those ring used belts. Oh yes, that was amazing. Like, like the WCW television title that looked all. 80s. Man. Because they were like, if this guy doesn't have it, and that guy's like, I don't have it, but also, nobody I know has it. And not to be confused with last night, but later on on Raw will be Damian Priest versus John Morrison in a Lumberjack match. Oh, no. Really? I thought Morrison was dead. He is dead. Didn't he get eaten? Well, they didn't show him get eaten like they showed the Miz, but 
I mean, yeah, he got drugged behind mistake. the barrier like twice. But <laughs> what sorry. a horrible mistake that was. <laughs> Rhea Ripley just showed up. Hold on. Hello, Rhea. Hello, Miss Ripley. Or should I say Mr. Ripley? I'm so confused. Oh, boy. Um, you know, we're coming up towards the uh, last segment of the show, so and I do want to talk about it because there were two great matches from this past Wednesday's Dynamite. The Young Bucks <clears throat> defending the AEW World Tag Team Championships against SCU and the TNT Championship match between Darby Allen defending against Miro. Um, I think we should close out with the tag titles, so let's just go to Darby and Miro. Uh, I did not expect Miro to just thump Darby Allen the way he did. I was really impressed with the way that match played out. So you actually thought that they were going to, like, uh, collar and elbow tie up no, in an no, arm bar? <laughs> I was waiting for that because, you know, Darby has this way of just pulling out that, that damn, uh, what's he called, the Last Supper, that, that fold-up pin he does. Uh, he has this way of just hitting that literally out of nowhere. And you're like, how the hell did he do that? So, honestly, I thought that was what was going to happen with Miro. I did not think they were pulling the trigger on Miro. Uh, I mean, I can I could say that I hope they did it because mm-hmm. I think it's time they kickstart him off. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Darby was to me was a cool champ. Yes, but I really have a thing for champions that, on like when you look at them, like you know, if you've never watched AEW before and you sit down or WWE or whatever, and you look at them, you're like. Wait, he's your champion? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And he wrestles like Luchasaurus and beats him. I mean, that's okay to a point, but I mean, for me, eventually the the unbeatable champ has to come to an end like that. Right, right. And to me on paper, there should be no way Miro loses that one. Well, and they didn't make Darby look bad. As a matter of fact, he actually came out looking strong. I, I thought that his matchup with, with Miro was very back and forth. And at any given point, it truly could have gone the direction of Darby winning. But instead, they they gave him the offense he had. And the guy, I, I have to agree with, Excalibur, Darby is insane. Because the dives he was doing were just ridiculous. Um, but I felt like they really made the right call, and Miro just comes out looking just unstoppable. Um, and you get the immediate feeling not to be that guy, but I'm going to be that guy, of this is what you could have had if you had did it right in WWE. Well, yeah, but they had it. He yeah, wasn't they had, as they aggressive. Didn't, they, didn't. they just wouldn't pull. Well, that's true. He did not yeah. have the aggression that he had this past weekend, most of the weeks leading up. Um, but they didn't really have it because they weren't willing to take a chance. Well, yeah, but no, no, what I'm talking about is you have to go back and think to like pre Rusev day, pre Cena, uh, like first coming out of NXT. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was very like Bulgarian brute. Oh, he was vicious. At that point. Right. They put him in the right matches and everything. I I, I want to say, 
if I, if my memory is serving me correctly, it's kind of like when he got in the feud with Cena. Mm-hmm. To me, that's kind of where it goes south for him. Not that it wasn't memorable and didn't have its moments, but it was kind of like after Cena, it was kind of like, uh, what do we do with this guy now? Right. And then he gets away from being more aggressive, being more violent, being more, you know, over the top with it to, uh, you know, it's Rusev day. And again, don't get me wrong. I thought he was handled that <laughs> and did quite nicely with it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because I never thought I would buy a Rusev shirt, but sure enough, I bought a Rusev shirt. Um, so, uh, you know, again, I, I think they, they kind of derailed his, him prior to Cena or leading into that big feud with Cena. Mm-hmm. And what was it? I mean, didn't it didn't for a while, wasn't he like shoeless? Didn't he wrestle barefoot for a while? Yeah. yeah he fell victim to that whole, you know, I'm going to wrestle without boots. And then he hurt his ankle. Uh, guess I better put boots on. <laughs> Well, I think a lot of his downfall comes back from when he and Nolana announced their engagement while they were in the middle of that series with mm. Dolph. And that's when he lost a lot of momentum because WWE's like, oh, well, sit on the shelf for a little while since you messed, since you screwed up what we're doing. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I agree. It's, he's doing the same character. It's just he doesn't he doesn't have to fake an accent and have an interpreter, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but it, I mean, now he he's kind of like Russo, uh, not Russo, but Miro to the tenth degree as yeah. far as his violence. But I, I want to say his like NXT early main roster was kind of similar to this. Oh yeah, I mean, if you don't, if you remember when he had who was it? Was it Daniel Bryan or whoever that he had in that? Cobra clutch type thing, and then when he just reared back on his knees and basically bent the dude in half, it was like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, it was ridiculous. He so. will forever be one of those guys that I'm so glad that I'm not in the ring. <laughs> I'd be like, nope, 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 nope. The kick to the head, no, I don't. Uh, whatever. The it's the accolade, the the damn like Rob just described, where he bends the guy literally where his head touches his toes. You're not supposed to bend like that, and it's just not supposed to happen. Yeah, you wait till he hits the independent circuit one day. Oh, <laughs> and he gets Welcome the local UCW. hero. <laughs> Rob said he hates you. Oh, run away. <laughs> Negative, Ghost Rider. <laughs> so, but yeah, I mean, it, it is good to see. It is, you know, he's been there how long? Seven, eight months, maybe. Mm, maybe a little yeah. longer. Maybe eight months, I think. Yeah, maybe somewhere in there. And again, he is to me. He is. He has the potential to be one of your biggest stars. And to me, it's just it's nice to see the you know him finally get start building momentum. Well, and it's and now because I mean, one, it's very early in his reign, <clears throat> but. Who who even challenges him? It's not even about who beats him. I, it's way too early to predict that. But who do you even get to challenge this guy? Is is my thought process? Well, I, first up is uh, is uh, 
the Murder Hawk Monster, or mm. whatever it is. I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, tired right now. Yeah, that's it. Um, because I mean, he came out at the end of the match, so I think he's first, which should be some very interesting and hard hitting type matches. Man, it's it's okay. Maybe, maybe that happens. But then, it, here's Archer. Right, he's he had a great debut. Right, he has a, a title match that doesn't go his way. He starts to build momentum back up. Seemingly gets lost in the shuffle for a little while, which is kind of hard to say for AEW. Is there really much of a shuffle? But anyway, yes. I guess there is, but you know what I mean? Like, it's it's hard to really say that because I, I, I try my best to treat them as fairly as possible with that because they're so still so young. Um, but anyway, he gets lost in the shuffle, in my opinion. He gets to a point now where he's built his way back and seemingly turned, I guess he's turned good? Or is he just not heel, if that makes sense? I would say he's just not heel. Yeah, maybe in between. And now he's going to – if he challenges Miro, there's there's two ways that can go. It can be a complete, to quote Jim Ross, slobber knocker where they just beat the piss out of each other for 15 minutes. Or it's going to be a one-sided brutality from one side or the other. I See, I, I think it will be just one of those uh, – so the other thing for me is like AEW is, is kind of bringing the realism back to – pro wrestling right with all the blood right so i think you could i think you could do like a hardcore match with them maybe or one of these ultra like realistic type matches where somebody's walking away with a black eye Mm -hmm. and they would both be like okay let's do it and, and again, see, we got to remember, and I would imagine this, you know, so I think during the COVID era, I think the WWE stayed on stayed on point better than AEW. Because for a long time, to me, it was like AEW was just putting matches together. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because they, they didn't really, they weren't really pushing certain storylines. But the last few months, they've done a whole lot better as far as like pushing storylines. And I think we may be to the point now that, okay, COVID's up. We got to get back into storyline mode. Let's start pushing some of this stuff. And, you know, that maybe that's maybe Archer finally gets, you know, another title shot. Well, I mean, at this rate, I don't know who's going to be the person to beat Kenny Omega. Part of me still thinks it's Adam Page eventually. But there's so many different ways that storyline can go. And now, before we talk about the tag title match, Brian, I don't know if you've heard this, but the Bucks are doing a great job of handling it. Apparently there's a rumor going around that the EVPs of AEW don't speak to each other. Like the Bucks and Kenny are a group, and Cody and Adam Page are kind of on the outside of it, and they none of them talk. That doesn't seem yeah, feasible I, to me, for one, but I just don't see it happening. I, I I think Melcher came out and said that's not quite right. Like, they have their disagreements, but they are talking to each other. No, Melcher's actually the guy that re- reported it. 
He says that at no, some point I, uh, there's going to be a book that comes out talking about how quickly the honeymoon period expired. No, I think somebody else came out with it. What there's there's two of them out there. Mm-hmm. One came out and said this is what's going on, and then I'm pretty sure it's Meltzer was like, mm, that's not quite right. It's just that so they do have their moments, but they are they do talk. It's it just and seems the, weird I think, to me. Why? Um, uh, I mean, so me, you, Rob, right? Mm-hmm. And you're in charge of one thing. I'm in charge of one. Rob's in charge of the other. Mm-hmm. We're all trying to get the exposure, <laughs> right? You're all trying mm-hmm. to get the exposure. You're all trying to do things a certain way. You all think you not, you know, we all think we can do wrestling. Eventually, we're going to clash. Oh, I want this guy. Well, no, I don't think, you know, mm-hmm. no, we shouldn't bring this guy on board. You see what I'm saying? I mean, there's a, even even the three of us who've been friends for God knows how long. Even Someone if you put us long. together, <laughs> oh, is that how you feel? Well, I think I think we're like what you're saying, Brian. When when they started with uh, booking by committee, you know, and the 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 way they were going to do it is basically the way it used to be done. You're going to find disagreements with things and. Something that one person runs with is, you know, all it would have to take is, you know, Kenny or someone in an in off moment. Hey, have you talked to Cody? No, I don't I haven't talked to him in a while. You know, just meaning like we've been busy. Mm-hmm. I haven't talked to him, you know. Right. But then somebody else takes it, runs with it. Right. Keyboard jockeys turn that into they Ooh, don't speak. Keyboard jockeys. They have I, problems. Yeah. And I mean, think about it, though. They're not. So, like, we understand that Omega, you know, supposedly is in charge of the female division, mm-hmm. you know, the women's division. Well, I would imagine the Bucks are the tag team division, and Cody is probably more the singles guy. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, hey, you should do this. Well, uh, okay, thanks for the advice, but I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with my vision. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Or maybe you have a, you have a moment like uh, I don't know the uh, blood and guts. Right? <laughs> uh, Cody should probably change this ending. No, oh, I love this ending. This gonna go off like gangbusters. Mm-hmm. See, Cody, I told you you should change this. And Cody, you know, maybe gets a little mad and you know doesn't say so. I mean, there could be a lot of things, but that doesn't mean that they're not they're talking. not buddies anymore. <clears throat> yeah, I will I say mean, this: the Young Bucks have mastered the art of handling these kinds of things. Um, They just changed their Twitter profile today, like literally just today. But previously, their Twitter profile as of like yesterday afternoon said, we're still not talking to anybody. (laughs) So so they're they're owning it just like in in 100%, like screw you guys, we're going to do what we want to do this whole time. Since their heel turn, by the way, uh, the Bucks have just gotten immensely better to watch on television. Their current uh, Twitter profile, for the record, uh, states, we're the ones who told the truck to cut right before SCU hugged. Ouch. (laughs) (laughs) Ouch. (laughs) Um, And those watching Raw just happened to see a decent match with Charlotte Flair versus Asuka. It was a nice change. Who came out on top? Asuka. What? 
Oscar with the roll up. Yeah, and as as far as the whole, there's going to be a book written comment you made. Mm-hmm. That's Wade Keller. That's, uh, thank it, you very it's much. Not, thank you. You're right. You're yeah, right. that's. Yeah. <laughs> where does where, okay? Look, we know where Dave gets his stuff because that's that's kind of yeah. obvious. Where right. does Directly Keller from and the, the rest source. of these people get it? Because again, you have you. So everybody's trying to be like Meltzer, right? Right. Everybody wants to be first. Right. They don't well, want to be right. They just want to be first. Right. <laughs> and, and it could be anybody. It could be somebody that's booked on Dark Evolution one time that reports to Keller, mm-hmm. you know, or mm-hmm. or gets a phone call from Keller. Hey, what's going on there? What's backstage like? Yada yada. Well, I noticed the VPs. Anytime they're around, they all have their backs turned to each other. They're not, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. And now it's some big thing. Now, again, I'm not saying that part of this can't be true, but the fact is you can't really believe the dirt sheets the majority of the time. They should come out on an episode of Dynamite, like all of them, and completely have their backs to one another the whole time during a promo. Like, address the fans as AEW, like, management, you know, to thank them mm-hmm. and welcome them back to, like, a show with a live audience, but not look at each other. Just do it on purpose to piss people off. Right. And, I, I mean, we're so, like, we already know Cody is, like, branching out into other things. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe some of this stuff is tying up his time and he doesn't have time for, you know, hanging out and jocularity and all this stuff. But when he's supposed to be in a meeting, he's there. They're all talking. Hey, shaking hands, high five or whatever. I'll, I'll lay money that most of you know, the, the, the people in the war room is very limited. And those would be the ones you need to go ask. And I'm sure none of them are going to say, well, none of these guys are talking. Really? People so really I, do I, wish really hard for negative like they want to see sure. wwe close the doors they want to see aew just flop which neither side is happening anytime soon um i i can't see look here's the deal like if cody was aew world champion from the jump and then it went from kenny to adam page back to cody then back to kenny I, all right i'm with you or if it had immediately gone to the bucks first you know what I mean? Like, we talked about it when they first started. The things that'd be obvious red flags. Maybe then I would have seen it. But you can tell that there's a cohesiveness there. You can tell there's a plan. Um, granted, their plans aren't always aligned with um, what a lot of people would predict. And I think that's what keeps them ahead of us as, as, as a company. You know, that, well, okay, they think we're going to go left, so we'll go right. But we'll time it in a way they won't see it coming. And I think a lot of the things the wrestling fans forget is when it comes down to it, they don't give a damn what we think. <laughs> you know, like... We're not part of the key demo, sit, that's for sure. I mean, people can sit here and bitch until they're blue in the face about, oh, it's all about the egos. But like we said from the beginning, and you just said, if it was the egos, then they would have the straps all the time. The storyline they're running right now with Kenny and all that, he is legit. Besides maybe Jericho, 
Kenny is the only one, but if you look at Jericho, Kenny is in better shape right now. Mm-hmm. Kenny's the only one on that roster that can pull this storyline off. Right. I mean, he is the belt collector. He has the pedigree with New Japan to be like, I'll take your belt too. You know, like, so for these people, like, oh, it's all about the egos. Well, if it was all the egos, then all the all their friends would have jobs. Mm-hmm. And they haven't hired all their friends, you know? Um, and there's so many people out there that are just destined to not enjoy what we have. And what we have is good wrestling for anyone. You know, like, if you want to watch WWE, you watch it. If you want to watch AEW, watch it. If you want to watch New Japan, NWA, if you want to watch Impact, if you can find it, you know, like, that's your prerogative. But as a kid who grew up in the 80s and 90s and had world-class AWA, NWA, WWE, I'm enjoying this. Because you know what? Mm -hmm. If you don't like it, change the channel. Right. Because right. there's a hundred other people that are watching that damn show that enjoy it. Yep. Yep. You're like, we love to give WWE a hard time because they're creative and their booking is horrible mm-hmm. right now. But we still will still watch it because it's wrestling. And some of us will keep watching it, hoping, <laughs> praying that they'll change and realizing it won't. It's kind of like. You know, and not bringing up one of the rules, but it's kind of like when you ha- when you're a F- NFL football team fan, you go into Uh-oh. the season going yes, and if your team wins the first week, you're like we got this shit, and if they lose the first week, we're doomed for the whole year. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> and here yeah. we go, it's lumberjack match time, Damian Priest versus John Morrison with wrestlers around the ring. Uh, is it zombies or is it wrestlers? Wrestlers. Thank you, God. <laughs> but, I mean, but then but the problem is you have these people on all these different media sites and stuff. And I don't put us into that because we enjoy wrestling. Mm-hmm. We will we will ridicule wrestling programs and we will ridicule wrestling storylines because of what it is. But we enjoy watching wrestling. And... You know, like, we may give the WWE crap, but if WWE comes to our territory, guess what? Most likely, some of us are going to be buying tickets, maybe, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, But so many people want to be first, or there's got to be drama where there's nothing, Mm -hmm. you know? Like, oh, Kenny, Kenny and the Bucks don't talk to Cody. But like Brian said, how many days do we go without talking to each other? I mean, I don't call you all every day to make sure I can do what I need to do. <laughs> you know? Yeah, now that you mention it, that really pisses me off. You know? Just kidding. I'm sorry I forgot to ask you what I could have for dinner. Um, no. To make sure it was okay. But well, there you go. It's all your fault. It always is my fault. <laughs> So I wanted to to close this out with a, a true 
honestly, a true good Wait. main event, a solid main event from uh, this past Wednesday. Brian wanted to talk. Oh, go ahead, Brian. No, no, I was just making making sure you touched on what you wanted to touch on. Oh, no, no, no. I, that That's where I was headed. I was just... I would rather let you guys speak your minds than to hear my own voice. That's new. Ah, screw you. You know, <laughs> damn it. Son of a son. <laughs> so I wanted to talk about the Bucks and SCU. Um, I have given Brian a hard time because he's such a big Bucks fan. And I've made fun of the Bucks in the past because of just, to me, comical uh, attempts at acrobatics. But what we've seen with them, and, and I attest it to their, their recent heel turn, but also with like their matches against Omega and Paige, I have to look at that as well, and FTR. Um, but this match with SCU had a very personal feel to it. And, I mean, every shot you, you felt, you're like, damn, this could, this could be the night where the Bucks lose the titles. And then you'd go a few minutes, and you'd be like, no, well, this is it. The SCU splitting up. So it was, it was, again, in that same fashion that the TNT title match was for me, where part of the time I'm thinking Darby's going to pull it out, and the other time I'm thinking Miro's going to win the title. That was at the same level. And really, the MVP of that matchup has to be Christopher Daniels. Um, I mean, just God, the poor guy just got the crap beat out of him and bled like a stuck pig. Bro, that eye looks nasty. Yeah. That's it had to hurt a lot. Even they're like, "Hey, want to punch you in the face?" <laughs> the the BTE trigger they hit to end it um, was pretty snug. <laughs> it was pretty damn snug. You see Daniels's face from both sides, and there's actually a picture, of course, on the Young Bucks Twitter. Where you see where the knees connect, one at the top of the head on the right, one at the jaw point on the left, and you see Daniels' head just kind of tilted with it. You know, thankfully he probably moved along with the with the shot, but damn if it's not a, a, a cre- crazy visual. Yes. Why y'all get quiet? Waiting on you, buddy. What are you waiting on me for? Y'all are talking. It's your magic Talk moment. Away. Not my magic moment. Talk. It's your moment. Come on, man. you got to have something to say about the Bucks and SEU. Don't tell me you're going to be the one that just says nothing. No, but you're talking. I mean, I'm not going to interrupt you. No, no. You're having fun talking. Talk. Oh, wow. So we're, we're doing that now. Okay. Okay. What? I do have fun talking. I like I like to talk. Talk. We couldn't tell. <sighs> I work with assholes, ladies and gentlemen. I really, really do. I come from a long line of assholes. <laughs> no, it it to me this was this was a solid matchup. This is probably what again, this is one of those defining moments for AEW as they compile their resume, their body of work going forward. You're gonna look at this matchup and go, This is another tie turning moment for tag team wrestling in AEW. Just like the Kenny Omega match with with Pac was a tide-turning moment for how singles wrestling goes in AEW. Um, and much how Orange Cassidy and Chris Jericho's feud is a, 
a great moment for how you define a feud in AEW because realistically speaking, all three of those examples told a solid story from beginning to end. And real, really, with you, when you look at what Dynamite does very well, some of the stuff, yeah, you might have room to question, but nine times out of ten, their stories start to finish carry on a cohesive point. What's that noise? Or it, I got like, like a, there's a short or something. Yeah. I had to turn my mic down. Plus, you were talking and kept, you know. I had to turn my mic down while you were talking to. Ah. Were you laughing the whole time? No. It's, it's you know, this is this is a defining moment for you as well, Sam. Oh, here we go. Well, I, I got to hear it. What's the defining moment, man? Come on. No, because man. you're 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 becoming more. You're you're jumping on the AEW bandwagon, and we have room for you. Thank you, buddy. I appreciate that. Do you have snacks? <clears throat> <laughs> no, we, we Do don't have snacks. You come with a T-shirt. I got accepted to the Dark Order. Does that count? No. I well, did. yes, I, I guess that would count. For responding to my application. Get out of here. Are you kidding me? They actually have people. <laughs> ah! oh, no, dude. So, okay. Do you remember, Brian, I know you watch um, uh, BTE like every week, like I yep. do. Rob, I don't know how often you watch it. Um, but for uh, about a month ago, there was a thing where the the Dark Order was really at a crossroad. They weren't sure what they were going to do next. I think Anna Jay had just hurt her shoulder and they were trying to decide, are we going to help people or are we going to be a bad guy group? And throughout all this time, this is right before Johnny Hungy gets hurt. Five finds a laptop and starts answering applications for people that want to join the Dark Order. So let me see. I've got it saved in my email and I honestly meant to say That's so funny. Um, here he goes. That's Your Dark funny. Order application. This was from February 15th. <clears throat> and I quote, You have been accepted into Dark Order. The wait has finally paid off. Your application to join Dark Order has been reviewed, and congratulations, you have been accepted. On behalf of all members of Dark Order, welcome. You found your big- biggest supporters. Together, we can find new strength in numbers. We are one. P.S. If this is Adam's email, please get back to me. Signed, Alan Five Angels. <laughs> That's funny. They That's remain crazy. one of my favorite factions in wrestling. I don't know that that'll ever change, just because of stuff like that. They are the best to watch on television. Yeah, they're they're in, they're better on BT. Mm-hmm. So I like I like the, when they're on BT. <laughs> All right, so your tag team, right? So. Uh, as far as I'm, you know, like my opinion, uh, it it uh, it works twofold in the fact that now everybody's getting to see the Bucks that uh, you know, like w- the way they acted when they were um, becoming big names, because um, this is what they would do in Japan and ROH type stuff. Uh, so it works, right? Because they are your tag champs, and now they're just little pricks. I mean, uh, I think it's safe to say, right? <laughs> they're just acting like little pricks. Uh, well, that's how Tony Schiavone describes them. Tiny yeah. wangers. 
and then I think it allows for the breakup of SCU without there officially being a breakup. Right, right. Without you see what I'm saying? Yeah, I agree. Right. And I think it was cleverly done. And I think it's sir. I think the beating again works, it helps this, um, the two side, the two sides out very well. Cause I, you know, it, when it, in the match, when, um, Matt is covered in blood, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I think it's quite the, uh, quite the look. It adds a little violence to their uh, repertoire now. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, again, I, I think it was a clever way to break up SCU without officially breaking them up. Well, without, you know, coming up with some stupid convoluted reason to break them up. And I know it was mentioned on, in the chat that, oh, my, this is all they're doing right now is breaking up these tag teams and these type of matches. Mm-hmm. Well, they've only done it twice, as far as I remember. And, um, you know, well, one was to set up blood and guts, and the other was, you know, to allow Kazarian to go play singles and, I think Christopher Daniels is going to get one good run before he retires. Yeah, they they set this up nicely. I, I got to say that part of me did agree with uh, with Sonny when he said that they're just breaking up, you know, factions and tag teams. Part of me does agree with that because it was like, okay, Stadium Stampede, Pinnacle has already beaten Inner Circle. This is the Inner Circle's opportunity to even the score. But do we really need the... All right, if you lose, you got to break up. Because now it's almost like, well, now you're almost guaranteed to see the inner circle win, aren't you? No. Uh, I, I mean, again, you just talked about, like, the way AEW books, mm-hmm. right? Well, old school rules or the, the company up north, when you have a stipulation like that, you know the one side's going to win. Right, right. But my question isn't really about what they're doing. Is is this Act 2 or Act 3? Is this the end or is this the midpoint of that feud? So I'm not saying that they're following. I don't want to. I can see where you're saying. I don't, I'm not saying they're going into like a 50-50 booking. I'm thinking that they're. Is this where they're like, all right, this is our midpoint where maybe Inner Circle gains back some ground to finish off in our conclusion? Or is this, you know, we're, we're going to see Inner Circle get broken up? Because Pinnacle is taking over as the main bad guy faction. Yeah, but the the um, inner circle's not bad guys. Mm-hmm. They're not. They're you know they're like what uh, the Rock you know would be, right? Well, you can go out there and play bad guy, but you're not a bad guy. Or Roman Reigns. There's a prime example, right? Roman Reigns was supposed to be face. He comes out the curtain and he's booed out of the building. Right. Right? But he's still a face. Hey, but at least now when they chime in the crowd noise, it's appropriate for Roman. So I put that out there. Well, yeah, but they're still piping in. Wait till they get in front of a live crowd and see what happens. Because oh, now he'll get, get cheered. 
And now he'll probably get cheered. They'll be like, oh, let's no, turn stop him it. Face. Stop it. <laughs> if Twitter changes overnight, I'm done. <laughs> Thank you, Roman. Roman's the good. But, but again, I mean, what? even when they were the inner circle, yeah. what really did they do as bad guys? After a, after a point, after Jericho lost his title, what yeah. really did they do as bad guys? Well, realistically speaking, after he lost the title, it was really more comedic than anything else. Well, well I think that's what's going to continue. Yeah. You know, like the inner circle is going to continue to be that. I mean, your pinnacle is the one who's going to now be the bad guy heel faction, basically. You know, and the inner circle will be the one that comes and takes up the fight for the, you know, when one of them, when somebody's getting picked on by the pinnacle, that's when the inner circle will be like, leave them alone. You know, because it also it allows Chris Jericho to become more part time and do his thing. Mm-hmm. These other guys are still relevant because they're the inner circle. So maybe it's the feud that ends, but doesn't necessarily end. Well, it's not going to end because versus the Horseman or Dusty yeah. versus the Horseman. It was over, but then it was never over. Yeah, I mean they've already come out and said they want a match. Yeah, you know. So it's not like they broke up. <laughs> so, but you know, this one is, you know, so. But my thing is, if the WWE breaks up factions, do you bat an eye? No, mm-hmm. nobody says anything. But if AEW doesn't, oh my God, they just break it up. Everybody, they do this all the time. No, they don't. They've done it twice, and one of them hasn't even happened yet. But. Even after they lost the match. Which just recently got broke up. Um, What other factions are there in WWE? Yeah, but we're talking over the course of time. We're not just talking like now. It's kind of a bogus comparison, though. That's like 50 years of history versus three. It's not. But again, that's their history. They have it. They've broken up DX, right? Yeah. Evolution. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, any number of other factions, right? Notice you I mean, how many different you. variations of the NWO were there at the end? Very true. Yeah. So, but when AEW does it, it's the worst booking ever. It, 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 but this, you see yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, this is you. the point. I got you. That you can't, you can't, you know, we have to get past certain things. Granted, I don't give them an excuse for throwing Jericho off the off the cage but when the argument is oh they're doing this all the time and no they're not because they've only done it twice and again mm-hmm. one of them hasn't even happened yet it, as far as the inner circle because you still got matches coming up inner circle versus the right. pinnacle they were all together on um, Wednesday so one of them hasn't even happened yet, even though it supposedly happened. It hasn't happened. So technically, you know, again, they've done it twice, but only it's only played out one time. Hey, and and before we before we go this evening, I want to point out that that Brian, you made, you made a good point there, and I wanted to compliment you because of all of the different ways that you could have handled how people were complaining about Jericho's you know, fall from this, from the cage. I thought you handled that in about as diplomatic 
of a way that you could possibly handle it. So for the record, I just want you to know that I was I was really proud of my buddy for not just going immediately and saying, "Hey, f you." This was this was the greatest thing ever. You were completely fair with the way you identified it and kind of laid it out. So I, I wanted to give you a kudos for that. Well, I, I appreciate it, but again, if we're if we're if we're doing a podcast about wrestling, mm-hmm. right? I have to prepare myself to fanboy when it's appropriate to fanboy. And then on the other hand, I have to be willing to say, no, that's shit. That's pure, unadulterated crap. Mm -hmm. I'll I'll say crap instead of shit so we don't get in trouble. No, you already said it. And there's the third. Okay. (laughs) No, that was was twice. That's okay. But shit, now you got your third. God damn it. You know... All right. Watch your but but mouth, you, <laughs> yeah. But you see what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I, I mean, I give y'all a hard time for being bobbleheads, right? Right. But in some respect, I, I'm a bobblehead myself. I admit. Ah, it. he said it. I it's am very. <laughs> I am very protective of AEW. I I I you know have literally you know been on y'all from the start about it. Mm-hmm. You know when they were in Japan, I told you to watch them. When, you know, I, I ordered the pay-per-views, uh, Wrestle Kingdoms, and all this other stuff to watch them. I'm like, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, telling you. Then the comment comes out. You can't fill a 10,000-seat stadium, right? And what what I tell you, they can fill a 10,000-seat stadium. Pretty sure you go back and listen. You, you, you see what I'm saying? I mean, I'm a diehard AEW fan. But again, if it's crap, it's crap. I'll call you on it, and as a as a you know being on a, a show, I have to be willing. I have to be able to do it, mm-hmm. or then I'm just a fanboy that just gets on here and talks. Well, and th- that's the thing. I mean, like with with wrestling, and Rob said it earlier. You have to be willing yeah. to separate yourself from this is what I love or this is what I hate. You got to be able to look at it and go, no, 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 this this was crap. <laughs> it's it's kind of like when I go, oh, Roman Reigns is great. Well, half the time that's a firm tongue planted in cheek moment. Because I know it's going to get a, oh, God, you know what I mean? But at the same time, to identify everything he's done over the course of the year, and even Brian and Rob, to some extent, I won't say all the way, but to some extent have identified, uh, yeah, he's made a lot of improvements. Is it too late? Too little too late? Yeah, maybe. But there's a lot of different conversations like this that happen. And I, I want to point out that what we do here, and just, just to Brian's point, has never been about one specific brand. Sure, I mean, WWE was a focal point, but for the time that we started, believe it or not, guys, five years ago, five years ago when we started, there was WWE, and there was literally everyone else. That was it. You, nobody was banging down the door to watch Impact five years ago. No, it, Lucha Underground was still a thought. It was still getting put together five years ago. Um, which, by the way, Dario Cueto, I know we're over time, but Dario Cueto uh, came back on MLW. They're rebuilding Lucha Underground on MLW. They're calling it Azteca Underground. I like some Lucha Underground. That was some good stuff. Dude, Dario Cueto is still one of my favorite villains in pro wrestling. Just, he's just so, he was so damn good. His mic work was flawless. I mean, obviously his acting is what carried him through those roles. But 
I thought he was tremendous. I just felt sorry for Lorenzo Lamas. <laughs> <laughs> he goes as the city councilman or whatever and then gets his head squished by Cage. Wow, then there was the the, the prison guard the talk man. <laughs> that was pretty cool. We had the guitar hanging up in the background. All right, so this week uh, coming up on Dynamite, Brian, what's coming up on Dynamite? Because honestly, I do not remember the main event for this week. Really? I mean, you're going to ask me that? Let me, yeah. let me go look on the internet. You're my go-to. I mean, I, I, I normally don't. I got it. I got it. Here we go. We got the Young Bucks <laughs> defending the AEW Tag Team Championship against the Varsity Blondes. Great opportunity. Oh, yeah. Film and yeah. Junior capitalizing. They're like number two contenders. They're, no, they're number one contenders. Or maybe now. The, I guess they're number one yeah, as of this week. The acclaimed against Moxley and Eddie Kingston. Um, Christian Cage mm. versus Matt Seidel. That's going to be a good one. And... This one I'm actually looking forward to. NWA Women's Champion Serena Deeb defending against Red Velvet. These are these are good. This is going to be a decent Wednesday night. This is going to be something you're really going to want to pay attention to. Um, you, you, if I can interject, of course. So I think Callahan's going to get involved shortly with Moxley and uh, Eddie. Okay. Because on the pay-per-view the other day, Under Siege. the Good Brothers, pretty sure it was the Good Brothers, mm-hmm. attacked Sammy. Ooh. Ooh. I do kind of yes. want to see that. I want to see Sammy Callahan get a shot at Kenny Omega. Well, yeah, I don't know if he'll get to Kenny, but I'm sure it'll make some interesting six-man matches. I mean, and we all know I'm not a big Sammy fan, but that, that could still be a good match. Yeah. Uh, we should also give a shout-out to Moxley and uh, Yuji Nagato for putting on a great opening contest. Yeah, yeah. Um, Nagato looked great. Great. Uh, really great. I was really impressed. Yes, as I just beat the crap out of my microphone here. All right. So, hey, you can catch up with Rob on Twitter at Rob Hefner C to see Brian. Um, I noticed you, you filled in your name, but you kind of didn't. You might want to update it because right now it says Brian TA29654547. If they want me, they'll find me. If they want me, they'll find me. It sounds like a prison guard number. Uh, and then, of course, catch up with me at Stan Grub, the show at C2CRadioShow.com, Spreaker.com slash Corner to Corner, and Corner to Corner Show on Facebook. Thank you again for hanging with us and talking about wrestling on a Monday night while the zombies are loose, but we are watching wrestling. Have a great night. We will see you next weekend. Excuse me, next Monday night. The Monday best night. wrestling show on Monday nights. Undoubtedly. Undoubtedly. Have a great night, everybody. We'll see you next week. I can't update that, though. I can't change that. How do I change that? Uh, you got to go to Twitter. Profile. Yeah, but it does. It... Go to the settings. Edit profile. Where are the settings?
Oh, there it is. Uh. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. 